Welcome to the 5 for 5 Day Podcast. It's Mike Landy here. Got another podcast for you. Um, some local things going on. Uh, these past few weeks have provided an interesting look at some crazy environmental issues in America. Uh, the tangible and immediate nature of some of these events creates an interesting dynamic, and I believe it's worth noticing. Unlike climate change, which until recently had been known by everyone as global warming, the disasters that I'm talking about are not ambiguous future catastrophes that have some people on both sides arguing about some future doomsday scenario years in the future. Um, but these recent events are more conspicuous, more ugly, and more observable. You can see and taste and smell them up close. The most obvious of these catastrophes has been the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, uh, that released tons of poisonous chemicals into a small Midwest town. This is a terrible tragedy, and nobody really knows what the effects will be down the road, and questions arise about the blame and how it was handled. And by this, mean, by this I mean the decision to burn the chemicals, the government response, the way the media handled it, uh, the environmental impact moving into the future. Uh, one thing that was noticeably missing was the loud response from the usual Green New Deal people. There was no Greta Thunberg or Al Gore or John Kerry or, or Bill Gates showing up in uh, East Palestine. It almost took three weeks for our transportation secretary to get there, and he showed up early. He didn't answer many questions. He placed a lot of blame on others, and he got the hell out of town early. And as of the date of this podcast, February 28th, President Biden or Vice President Harris still have not gone there. And in fact, it was terrible optics for Biden to visit the Ukraine to promise a few billion dollars more in taxpayer money uh, to, to that country on President's Day before ever even addressing the, this U.S. small town. I don't pretend to know exactly how this should be handled, but any objective viewer, to any objective viewer, it was obvious that the government response to this disaster was not a good one. I think we could agree that if that maybe the right-wing media might have overemphasized this disaster, then it would be fair to say that the left-wing media probably did the opposite and underemphasized it. Time will tell who had the right approach to this. And despite all that, I don't want to make that the focus of this discussion, but I would rather focus on an event that is a little closer to home for me and does pose some interesting parallels. Where I live in New Jersey, we have seen an alarming and strange phenomenon taking place along our coasts and the neighboring coast of New York State. In the short span of little over 12 months, our area has seen to date 12 whales and a family of dolphin wash up dead on the coastal shoreline. Uh, I think the first one was December 5th. There was a sperm whale that died in Kingsburg. December 10th, there was a 30-foot humpback whale that washed ashore in Strathmere. Uh, December 23rd, there was a 30-foot juvenile humpback that washed ashore in Atlantic City. January 7th, there was another female humpback that washed ashore in Atlantic City. Uh, January 12th, there was a 32-foot female humpback washed ashore in Brigantine in Atlantic County. January 18th, a dead hum humpback was seen floating roughly 52 miles off of Brigantine. January 28th, there was another dead humpback seen floating off of Long Beach Island. February 13th, there was one in uh, Manasquan, a humpback that washed up on the shore. And then a few days later, a family of dolphin, including an infant, uh, a male, a female, and an infant dolphin washed up in Sandy Hook, New Jersey. By any measure, these numbers are pretty high and they are alarming. You know, it gets people's attention when you see these enormous, beautiful animals washing up on, on the beaches. 
And the theories behind what could be causing this are varied. And with just like most things connected to the environment, there really isn't a consensus. I am aware that humpback whale numbers are up due to their protected nature of this species. So this may lead to more boat strikes. If there's more whales, there's going to be more boat strikes. I've also heard about climate change causing the whales food supply to move into different areas uh, that they ha hadn't been previously. So this might lead to more whale strikes, uh, boat strikes. I'm sorry. Um, to this, I can speak from some personal experience. I spent a lot of time on the Jersey shore and I really can't remember seeing as many whales as I did last summer and fall from the beach. I had seen them many times before from charter boats while I was fishing in the past, but never as many as I saw from the beach this last year. As for dolphin, if you go to the Jersey Shore, they're pretty much a daily occurrence from the beach for the last 10 years or so. Uh, you'd see them swimming north, swimming south. There, there's a ton of dolphin, and there always has been. But and call me crazy, but all this sea life seems like a pretty good thing to me. You know, the waters must be doing well, and at least that's what my eyes tell me. And you know what they say, you believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. Um, the most controversial theory behind these whale deaths is the coastal wind farm survey theory. In an attempt to create a clean energy source, the Biden administration passed legislation in March of 2021 to begin a massive offshore wind farming project off of the coast of New Jersey and New York. They leased 488,000 acres of land off the New Jersey coast to some companies to build these enormous windmills. And the goal uh, sounds like a good goal to me to create some you know, 25,000 jobs and provide green, green, uh, green, clean, renewable energy source. Supposedly, this would provide 30 gigawatts of power by 2030, which could, in theory, power some 10 million homes. I do find that number a little confusing. I, I went onto the USGS government website and it stated that one of these turbines, uh, working at capacity could power 940 homes for a month. So unless my math is wrong, which it may well be, I'm no expert in any of this, uh, that would mean we would need over 10,000 of these turbines to power over the uh, to power those 10 million homes that they're talking about. And man, that is a lot of turbines to be out there in the ocean. Uh, you know, from having zero to having 10,000, it's a pretty big jump for me. Once again, I'm not an expert, but just someone looking at this strange event because I love the ocean and especially the Jersey Shore. I've been going there since I was a kid and I feel like it's never been cleaner and more beautiful. I am a, a fisherman and it's teeming with life and I don't want anything destroying that life and beauty unless it's pretty well thought out and people are aware of the trade-offs that each of these supposed examples of progress brings us. The theory is that the sonar being used to map the ocean bottom so that the construction of this enormous wind farm could be built is affecting the whales and the dolphins' ability to navigate their surroundings. The theory states that it essentially makes these animals deaf, which stops them from being able to detect their surroundings. So essentially they're swimming blind. And this causes more boat strikes when whales getting stranded in shallow water or onshore. Note that no ocean turbines, wind turbines, have been built yet. And we're seeing all these whales dead. Uh, this project is just in the sonar surveying phase, and we have a record number of whales dead. Now, I don't know which of the theories uh, are the cause, and it might very well be a combination of things. It usually is. I do know that New Jersey has two congressmen, Chris Smith and Jeff Van Drew, um, and they have joined together with 12 Jersey Shore mayors, and they have called for a moratorium 
in the offshore wind farm surveying until the whale deaths are investigated. And I think that's a pretty good idea. Our governor, Phil Murphy, he has declined to pause any offshore wind activity, saying that there is a lack of evidence that it's causing the deaths of these whales. Um, the unique event that got me really thinking about all of this was a rally that took place on Sunday, February 19th, that's last week, uh, at the Point Pleasant Boardwalk. This event was pretty much organized at the last minute by the mayor of Point Pleasant and a group called Save Our Coasts and done mostly via social media. I happened to hear about it on News 12. Really not a bad showing for an event so quickly assembled, and I would estimate about anywhere between two and 3,000 people attended the boardwalk in the winter on a very cold day. Uh, while standing in the crowd shivering, I began to kind of look around at the people and I began to think about all these these various people who came and you know are in attendance in this group. And I began to think about their motivations. And I can imagine that, you know, a large part of the crowd felt that sort of like 1960s hippie vibe recalling when Save the Whales was some type of a legit battle cry. You know, seems like you don't hear much from the organizations like Greenpeace anymore. And come to think of it, they were not there and they weren't mentioned in any of the articles I read. But when I was young, they were the Save the Whales people. Um, I saw many young parents with young children, you know, the crayon drawings of whales on the picket signs. And making your children aware of such issues is good parenting, bringing them to something like this, I guess, as long as it doesn't lead to like a sort of fanaticism and you create a person who just becomes a full-time protester, doesn't really do anything about it. Um, the lesson needs to be to do and to be responsible for oneself rather than just complain. Uh, it's a fantastic topic from which to virtue, virtue signal from, because after all, what kind of monster would be against saving whales? I'm also sure that the Earth Day climate activist types made up a large part of the crowd as well. In their minds, I'm sure the whale, sure the whale deaths are 100% caused by climate change, formerly known as global warming, or maybe they feel it's the pollution, pollution issue involving sea life ingesting plastics, which is an issue, uh, causing them to wash up as well. Uh, but I am pretty confident that the largest group of people at this rally are the ones who believe that the whale deaths are being caused by the wind farm surveying. These are people who live on or near the water and are completely against the building of the 10,000 ugly wind turbines out in the ocean. I also know that everyone in attendance was wealthy, wealthy enough to drive their car there to the rally. Because after all, you can only care about the environment and issues like this when all of your basic needs are met. It is definitely, definitely a luxury, or dare I say, a privilege to attend something like this. Uh, this creates a very interesting dynamic or dilemma, depending on how you look at it. Half the people concerned about the whales would obviously be the types to support green energy, such as ocean wind farms. And the other half sees the wind farm project as the very cause of the dead whale issue. Uh, that means you have people standing shoulder to shoulder protesting the exact same thing, but for completely different reasons and coming from completely different directions. And that's a pretty unique occurrence. Another thing that made this issue unique is that it pitted some environmentalist groups against each other. There are some groups um, that have shown support for the wind, wind projects. They are Clean Water Action, Environment New Jersey, the Sierra Club, New Jersey Audubon, New York, New Jersey Baykeeper. They don't sound like the names of groups that would be okay with five dead whales washing up uh, a month on the Jersey Shore. So it's kind of interesting. Those groups support the wind energy but they would obviously be against it if, if it's causing the dead whales, I assume. 
So I guess the question is, you know, if you're you're one of these people, what if the very project that you support and the green energy that goes along with it is the reason for the unprecedented number of whales and dolphin deaths? It's a bit of a pickle. And you don't have to be an expert in any of those fields to ask these questions. To want to seek the true cost of a project like this million and a half acre ocean wind farm proposal in terms of the cost of dollars, sea life, quality of living, shipping, fishing, boating, energy costs, and the net positive or negative effects on the overall environment. I, for one, I'm leery of statements from the government uh, because they came out very quickly after the first few whale deaths and stated unequivocally that the sonar survey had nothing to do with it, that it was not the cause. You know, I'm, I'm leery because it was such a quick and like 100% positive response. I'm also leery because they've gotten so much wrong over the past couple of years. Following the money would probably be an important thing to do at this point. But play it devil's advocate with me for a minute. <clears throat> Imagine investing an enormous amount of capital in the idea of green, sustainable energy. Imagine centering your administration, much like Biden and Murphy have done. Imagine leasing the ocean to the highest bidder in the name of the highest and mightiest cause of saving the planet for future generations, only to discover that your actions might not be having all of the positive effects you envisioned or, or envisioned or sold to your constituents. Imagine having to tell the businesses that made the huge contributions to your campaign that perhaps the billion-dollar win project is not going to happen, or at least not on the scale that you promised. Imagine having to explain that 10 dead, beautiful sea mammals a month washing up on the beautiful Jersey Shore are just the cost of saving the environment. Thomas Sowell once brilliantly said that there are no solutions, only trade-offs. And this is a crucial time when the trade-offs really need to be examined carefully. Unlimited clean wind energy sounds like a win in theory, but America currently only gets less than 10% of its total wind energy from uh, total energy from wind. So it really has never been scaled up to the scope for a major metropolitan area such as this. We have dead whales and there's not not even been a single wind turbine built out there yet. Adults look for trade-offs. Teenagers preach platitudes. Somebody here should be examining the trade-offs. It seems like a pause in the sonar surveying would be, at the very least, what our politicians could do at this point. And somehow, I don't think that's going to happen. This is not one of those, uh, you know, the world is going to end at some undefined point in the future problem. This is a finite issue that is staring everyone in the face. It is solvable. We are doing something right now that we weren't doing just a few years ago that is causing whales to wash up on the shore dead. Let's pause. What we are doing, use the process of elimination, get the best minds of all of our scientists, a little investigation to discover what's causing us. We seem to be overrun with politicians who prefer to focus on these far-fetched and unmeasurable types of issues rather than the hands-on type of issues that require some personal accountability. I guess it's safer that way. It's sort of like playing a game that doesn't keep score. You can never lose. I can't help but see the similarity between the type of thinking, this type of thinking, and the East Palestine disaster. The same people who scream about existential threats, uh, threats to the planet don't want to show up and clean up the tangible mess created by a train derailment and poisonous chemicals. It's way too real, way too measurable. There's nothing sexy about it, no moral superiority, no virtue signaling. Think back to how many politicians and health leaders during the pandemic you heard speaking about losing weight exercise, vitamin D, and sunlight to, to improve your chances of surviving COVID. Remember all those politicians? 
That's right. There were zero, not a one. Nobody was going on record to say that. To say this would be to empower people, to actually tell them that there was something that they could do to help themselves. The problem with that is if they don't do those things, you in turn will be telling them that they would be hurting their chances. This is way too judgmental. Much better to lock down, close the schools, get uh, vaccinated, and trust the science. We wouldn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. They say it's easier to rule a city than rule oneself. But in closing, I think we should uh, look at the positives of this ocean dilemma. I I am a believer that we all have much more in common than we realize. Two to 3,000 people braving the cold, making signs, driving for miles, bringing their kids out to a rally to save some oceanic mammals. That was pretty cool, even if they did arrive there with different agendas. Those groups that I mentioned now have to ask themselves some hard questions, root out the people who are there for the wrong reasons, or maybe the people who have been bought. New Jersey has an opportunity to address a real, tangible, measurable problem. We can become adults and honestly assess the trade-offs of 10,000 giant turbines off our coast with green renewable energy, factor in the fishing and the tourist industry, coastal property values, CO2 emissions, and rotting humpback whales on the beach. If you want my opinion, it's the sonar surveying that's messing up these whales and dolphins' ability to navigate, causing more boat strikes. But I don't know that for sure. That's my opinion. This is coming from a guy who loves the ocean, spends a lot of time there, has hopes of retiring to the Jersey Shore, if I could afford it, and uh, definitely does not want to see 10,000 wind turbines out in the sea on every sunrise. I also don't see the positive trade-off in the scheme. No one has illustrated that trade-off to me. Um, Don't let anyone tell you that there won't be a trade-off. The rally proved that people on all sides of this issue want the same thing, to figure out what is killing the whales and then to put a stop to it. Somebody needs to take advantage of that unity of purpose to find a solution. I am intrigued by the idea of many people who seemingly don't agree finally getting a chance to talk to one another. If that happens enough, chances are they'll discover who the problem really is. And that's all I got for you today. Have a five for five day, folks.